morning, church family. I, uh, I find it really interesting and encouraging that the theme of those testimonies and our prayers is um, having to do with the way that various ones of us are in faith, yielding our mouths to the Lord to share good news. Um, this, is, this is exactly where we are in our sermon series as we think about the way that we are all yielded, consecrated, set apart for the purposes of the Lord in this world. We're his. We belong to him. And we've been looking through the lens of 1 Corinthians at the various aspects of our lives that the Lord works through. And the last few weeks we've been in these chapters 12 to 14 where Paul's talking about the gifts that the Spirit gives in order for Jesus to be he uses the word manifest, made real and present through us. And we've looked specifically at two gifts that he takes sort of a deep dive into, into chapter 14, the gifts of prophecy and the gift of tongues, both of which are speaking gifts that require us in faith to yield our mouths to the Lord, right? And so here we are. And... Um, I wasn't going to bring this message this morning. It wasn't scheduled, but Pastor Gina is with with Dane in Colorado for the memorial service for Dane's brother, and so uh, she was going to preach. So I'm taking her slot, and that gave me the opportunity to follow up last week's message on the gift of tongues, in which we said uh, the message was about the what, what is the gift, and we thought it'd be helpful to with this one gift because there's been so much mystery around it and not a lot of teaching to do maybe a bit of a deeper dive into the how. How does one receive and begin to grow in this gift? And so we'll do that this morning. And if you've sat under our teaching, which most of you have for any number of time, you're you're aware that it's our preference, strong preference to preach from one passage. We're not a big fan of topical preaching, but for this message, I'm going to topically preach from about six different passages. And so for that reason, I'm not going to invite you to turn from one to the other to the other because they're in five books. I'm just going to begin by reading each of them to you. So, Lord, as we open your word, give us ears to hear and wills to obey. We pray in the name of Jesus. So, dear friends, hear the word of God from Ephesians, Jude, Luke, 1st and 2nd Timothy, and Hebrews. This is from the ESV. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. And then these are from the NIV. Jude 20. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Luke 11.13, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. If you then, though you're inclined toward evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more won't your Father in heaven give of the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Paul speaking to Timothy in uh, 1 Timothy 4.14, he says, Do not neglect the gift 
which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. And then in uh, 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, again Paul to Timothy, he says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. And now Hebrews 6 verse 1 to 3. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation. And here's the foundation, six things. Of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. The Word of God. Okay, we weren't all here last week, so let me really briefly uh, recap what we heard about the what of the gift of tongues. As Paul's addressing the immaturity in the church in Corinth, he doesn't tell them in response to their immaturity, would you stop? Would you stop at all with these gifts? You are not using them right. Would you please just stop? Instead, he says, nope, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Follow the way of love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy, because he or she who prophesies does so to build up the church. And then he begins talking about prophecy and tongues back and forth, and he explains the reason that he's saying that is he's not ranking the gifts one against another. He's not saying prophecy is better. He's saying in a group setting, prophecy edifies the church because you understand what's being said And tongues is just as valuable if there's interpretation. Otherwise, he says, the tongue speakers should keep to them, speak to themselves and to God when they're in the group setting. So tongues is a good gift that's to be desired and welcomed. You might remember me saying that last week that I had this thought as I was preparing. God's never had a bad thought. He's never had a bad idea in the history of forever. This was his idea of, as a gift to give to the church, right? So, so then we said, well, what is tongues? It's a spiritual gift that can be used as a personal prayer language, can be used in worshiping the Lord, can be used as an actual foreign language. The Lord can communicate to foreigners through it. And it can be a sign to unbelievers that God is real and he's present as they hear messages through it. And we said Tongues involves four components. This all came out of chapter 14. One, it's praying or speaking to God. Two, it's praying from one's spirit. So not our mind or our heart or our will, that's our soul, but to God from one's spirit. And then Paul said it involves praying mysteries, meaning we, the speaker, don't know what it is we're praying. But then Paul said, fourthly, we get edified, we get built up, strengthened and encouraged, and that's because we're praying joined to the Holy Spirit with whom we're one, and he is praying through us. Which is exactly why we heard this morning the author of Jude say, Dear friends, build yourselves up! Build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. 
And it's why Paul says at the end of telling the Ephesians to put on their spiritual armor, take their stand against the devil and his schemes. And he says, and again I'm reading from the ESV, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. In other words, he's saying, take your salvation. It's rock firm, solid. Put it on. Take it. Take the Word of God. This is the sword of the Spirit. Now that you've got those two, pray in the Spirit at all times with all kinds of prayer and supplication. So, he's saying, you might have many different types of prayer requests, many areas of your life that you don't know necessarily how to pray for. Many things you want to bring to God. Bring them all praying in the Spirit because in the Spirit to whom we're joined... You get edified. The Spirit knows how to pray about those things. And not just you get edified, but Paul says in 1 Corinthians, the whole worshiping community can get built up, can get edified or strengthened by the gift of tongues if there's translation. Because the Spirit who knows how to pray for the individual also knows how to pray for the church. Knows what the church together needs to be prayed for, needs to be heard. So, we ended last week by saying we welcome the gift of tongues as a part of corporate worship as long as it doesn't distract or take over, and we welcome messages in tongues with interpretation. But we also welcome the gift being used in other ways, because as I noted last week, there's something about this gift that takes us to a place of absolute, humble dependence upon God's presence and God's power. As we yield our mouths for His glory, He works in ways that go beyond our human understanding. And so before... I begin to speak about the how of receiving and growing in tongues. I'd like to name just a few more of the ways that we've seen God work through this gift so that we might desire it as Paul exhorts us to. I'm going to share four examples and I'd like you to listen for a common thread through them. And the common thread is this. It's an outworking of Romans 8.26. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us. We don't know what to pray for, but the Spirit intercedes. So the first story, uh, I was with someone in this building for a meeting who had a physical affliction come upon her kind of in a stabbing pain in an unusual way, unusual area, that as we prayed about it and asked, Lord, what's going on, seemed to both of us to, see, to be more than physical, or not merely physical. You know, in Luke, I think it's Luke 18, where Jesus heals the woman who's bent over, he drives out a spirit. That woman really had scoliosis, She really was bent over. She had a physical condition, but it originated from a spirit, 
an inf- an spirit of infirmity that was causing her to be bent over. So sometimes things that manifest physically have spiritual roots. And we need to be aware and looking for those. Not everything does. This requires wisdom and discernment. But as we prayed this time, we sensed this had spiritual roots. But we didn't know how to pray about it. We didn't know what it was. And so we asked, Lord, how do we pray? And I had this sense all of a sudden, pray strongly in tongues. So I'm going to, I'm going to just model for you various types of praying in tongues, okay? Because there's a lot of variety here. So I, I, I explained this and I said, may I? And this is the prompting I have, may I? And she said, yes. And so I said, she said, gone. Like, completely stopped. Went from stabbing pain that had come on unexplainably to totally gone. Now, hear, hear it again. We don't know what to pray for, but the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So in prayer ministry, we'll regularly pray very quietly in tongues. Again, not distracting, not taking over, but Lord, we're completely dependent for you to work and minister to this person. And we don't know what they need and how it goes. And a lot of times the person doesn't know what they need. And so we'll pray really quietly. And oftentimes as we pray really quietly, the Lord will bubble up scripture, pictures, insight, some direction. On one such occasion, as Pastor Gina and I were ministering to a deeply wounded person, we were completely stuck in how to move forward. It was very obvious that this person needed to receive the forgiveness of God and yet was completely blocked from receiving. The gospel had been shared, but they deemed themselves completely unworthy and something was interfering. And I I had this prompt, ask if you can sing in tongues. Well, if you know me, I am, um, I've been afraid of singing in English where anybody can hear me. I've got a history of hurtful things being said about my singing. I don't have a great singing voice. I love to worship, but it is, so it took a tremendous amount of faith for me to just even volunteer to say, this is the prompt that I have. Would that be okay? And the gentleman said, it would. And so I just began to sing really softly and gently. And Pastor Gina said, as you began to sing, the love and the presence of God came flooding into that room so strong it felt like there were angels hovering over the person. And his entire demeanor changed he sank back into the couch and began to weep. And his heart was opened to the Lord and he received the love of Jesus Christ for the first time. Now, we didn't know how to pray, but the Spirit knows what's needed. How does it happen? I don't know. It's a... a it's a mystery. It's a, a beautiful part of this gift of this whole divine human partnership. We yield ourselves to God in faith and he works and he moves in ways 
that go beyond our human wisdom, ability, and strength. Which leads to my third example. We find that this gift is especially helpful in ministering to people who are uh, highly intellectual because through it the Holy Spirit bypasses their reason. Not that reason is to be denigrated in any way, but sometimes we get stuck in our minds. And um, where's Scott Jaspers? Scott is somebody that I would uh, describe as a uh, someone who is a strong thinker. And Scott contacted me in the last couple of weeks and he said, here's a story of how this gift is ministered to me and you can share it. So Scott, I'm, I'm just quoting Scott here, okay? He says, I was feeling heavy after church one week and I didn't know what to ask for prayer for, but I went up to request prayer anyways. The person asked if I was comfortable being prayed for in tongues. I agreed. And as the person prayed for me, I remember it felt like something hot landed on the top of my head and started to fall through my skull. It felt like my mind immediately reached for it to decide what to do with it. I remember it as little fingers in my head trying to grab it, but it was incomprehensible to me, so my mind couldn't grab on to handle it. Instead, it felt like the heat slipped through its fingers unhindered and fell into my chest, and I started crying. And then the ministry happened. And Scott writes, Afterwards, I was struck by that as an unexpected value of prayer in tongues. The team didn't know what to pray for, but God knew how to get where he needed to go to relieve the heaviness and the anxiety. One more. This is a personal application. Uh, Anne and I have what I consider to be a wonderful marriage for which I am unceasingly grateful. But like all marriages, we've got places where there's conflict. And we've had, we had one place a number of years ago where it felt like no matter how much we were talking or trying, we weren't getting, we were missing. We weren't getting on the same page. And it really was bothering both of us. And as I went to seek the Lord and to pray about it, one time I was downstairs in my study praying in English, and I just, I had, I had, it was kind of like I reached the end of my words, my burden, and I just started to pour out my heart to the Lord, and I started to pray in tongues, just, just crying out to Him, like basically saying, God, this hurts, and I don't want this between us and would you please do whatever it takes to remove it and I started to cry out in tongues and I felt something rise up really strong and in me and then all of a sudden it was like as I was praying strongly it's, I felt something break and I stopped and I went upstairs a couple hours later and that afternoon or evening we re-engaged the issue and it was like there had never been a block there and we were on the same page and it's not been an issue since. Now, I didn't know what to pray for, but the Spirit who intercedes for us knows. I just knew there was a block. She knew there was a block. We didn't want it there. God was merciful. Okay. So between the stories I shared last week and the stories I've shared now, you can see, we can see how God works through this gift in part because it's God shaping the prayer 
as we depend on him. So God gave guidance to a missionary in Kyrgyzstan. God called a man we heard last week to China. God heals hearts as he did during singing and prayer ministry. God heals pain. He delivers from evil. He bypasses intellect. He removes blocks we can't name. He brings comfort and help. And really, what I want to say is, God can do everything God is able to do as we pray normally. We've already known and believed from his word that prayer is the vehicle through which he, uh, through, through which so much of his work is born. And what we're hearing now is that praying in tongues is a means of partnering in prayer with his spirit in any and all different kinds of situations. And so now we get to ask, how does one receive and grow in this gift of tongues? How does one learn to begin to pray in the Spirit? And what I want to say here is that what I teach about receiving and growing in this gift is applicable to all of the manifestational gifts of the Spirit, and in fact, in large measure, to all of the gifts of the Spirit. The same dynamics are at work, and I'll show you how, but first I'd like to open by sharing my own story of receiving the gift, because I think it'll expose some faulty thinking that I believe I'm not the only one who had. So ten years ago I attended my first Growing the Church in the Power of the Holy Spirit conference in Black Mountain, North Carolina. Uh, I had, through my ministry here, personally become aware of my own deep need to learn of the Spirit's gifts and power for ministry, and Derek's mom... Mary, uh, another CRC pastor, she directed me toward PRMI. Well, I've since come to learn that this conference was very unusual because it involved two tracks. It had one in English and one in Indonesian. So there were several dozen pastors, mostly women, from Indonesia who'd come all the way for this conference, and they ran a staggered event uh, where they were kind of parallel, but the English one started a day before and ended a day before the Indonesian one. And so um, Anne and I, who weren't aware at the time of how packed and intense PRMI events can be, were really looking forward to a day of enjoying the cabin that we had rented and not spent any time in during the conference after the event. And we just finished our event, and Brad Long, the executive director of PRMI, comes up to us and he says, Hey, Dave and Anne, uh, you know, this event's over, but the Indonesian one carries on for another day and all my intercessors need to go home. Do you think you could stay and intercede? Oh. That hot tub's really calling my name. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> okay. So we said yes and um, <clears throat> showed up the next morning and he puts me in the front of the room and the and in the back corner of the room Without any other instructions, just pray for us. Pray for what the Lord's doing. And uh, and he launches into teaching and leading. And about 15 minutes into the morning, which was you know supposed to be three hours long, I've prayed everything I can think to pray in English. I don't know what else to pray for the group. And so I said, Lord, how do I pray now? What do I pray? And the first thing that comes into my mind is my lunch conversation the day before with Mary Ellen Connors, who directs prayer for PRMI, where she tells Anne and I over lunch about her first trip to Beijing with Brad and company, when he says to her, I want you to intercede as I'm teaching for this event. 
and she's interceding and she says to us, I'm about 15 minutes into interceding and I've run out of things to pray for and I don't know how to pray. And so she said, I had heard of the gift of tongues and the Lord put it in my heart in that moment to just offer my tongue to him in faith that he would pray through me. And I did and he slowly on gave me the gift of tongues through that through that moment. It wasn't a big emotional experience with some him coming on me. I just He just prayed through me. And I'm standing there having this thought come and I'm thinking, are you bringing this story to mind because you're calling me to do that right now? And I'm telling you, before that week, I never would have uh, walked in obedience to a prompt like that. It just would have seemed too foolish and risky to me. But that week, a few days previous, an older couple in their 70s had pulled Ann and I aside and they said, we feel like the Lord has some encouragement for you through us. And he specifically said to me, God's put this scripture on my heart that I think he wants to speak to you through. And it's Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And God had been speaking to me about how our impressing upon me about how much I'd been leaning on my own understanding. And so I was at a place in that moment where I could say, Lord, I trust you enough as a good, good father to begin to offer my tongue like I think you may be prompting. And even if all I'm doing is speaking gibberish, you in your sovereignty can use that to work. And so I just really slowly began to haltingly work my way into speaking a language that I didn't know. And over the course of a couple hours of that morning, it seemed to sort of coalesce into a set of sounds. But what I'd like you to hear there's absolutely no emotional experience, no sense of the Spirit coming on me, just completely blind faith offering my tongue to the Lord in a ministry setting. That's important. Okay. It wasn't until quite some time later, I wasn't even sure it was real, honestly, but it wasn't until quite some time later that I was on an airplane with Pastor Gina and we landed and we had to wait on the runway for a little while and right after we landed, I, li- I felt the spirit quicken my spirit and, le- and I, almost, I involuntarily started praying in tongues and I never had that happen. It was just like it just kind of bubbled up. I'm on a plane, you know what? So I, I start praying. I, I knew it was the Lord. And so I just prayed quietly. I, I thought, he must want me to intercede for something. I, I prayed quietly in tongues for a couple of minutes. And then we deplaned, and Pastor Gina, who was sitting many rows in front of me, and I connected, and I said, Pastor Gina, the strangest thing just happened to me. I explained it to her. You know what she said? The same thing happened to me right when we landed. We said, what, are, what is the Lord doing? We looked at our watches we realized it was Sunday morning at about 10.45 and you all were in worship. And we said, well, Lord, were you having us to intercede for the church? 
We weren't sure, but the experience told me in that moment, the gift is real. And so then I began to steward and to use it more, which is when I began to learn all the different ways that the Lord would work through it. Now, what I think is so valuable about my story in particular receiving the gift is it breaks my paradigm of thinking, if God wants me to have this gift, he's going to come upon me in some emotional way where I will feel his power and just find myself speaking in tongues. Anybody else who's thought that? Yeah. In actuality, what I learned is God desires partnership. He desires our hunger, our requests, and he works through our faith and our attempts to please him. Now, not everybody receives the gift in the same way. God's got no limit to his creativity in how he gives. But in each situation or for each person, underlying each story of asking and receiving are the same principles of dynamic cooperation with him. So let me share one other person's story and then we'll talk about that cooperation. Four or five years ago, Pastor Gene and I, remember last week I told you we were teaching at Calvin Seminary on this gift? Well, after we finished teaching, listen, God always wants to do his word. He never wants us to just hear, what does he say in James? Don't just hear, be doers of the word. So he's always present to do what's being taught or preached. So we taught as we were offered and then we said, is there anybody present that would like to be prayed for to receive the gift of tongues? And one young man gingerly put up his arms, his hand. And so we, we walked over to him. We said, could we lay our hands on you and pray for you? He said, yeah, we did. Prayed a gentle, quiet prayer. And we left. And this past December, at the Growing the Church in the Power of the Holy Spirit conference, out of Muskegon, that young man stood up afterwards And he said, I want to tell you a story. Four or five years ago, pastors Dave and Gina came to Calvin Seminary and this happened. And they asked and I put up my hand and they prayed for me. And all my friends said, why would you do that? And I said, I don't know. I just felt the Lord stirring in me. So I obeyed. And I didn't know what the Lord was going to do. But several months ago, my wife went into emergency surgery for, with our first child. And I was in the waiting room, crying and praying, calling out to the Lord. And I didn't know how to pray, but I was pouring out my heart because I was so scared. And as I'm pouring out my heart, all of a sudden I find I'm not talking to the Lord in English. But I'm praying in the Spirit. And as I do, great comfort and a sense of the Lord's presence with me, overcomes me. Okay. In my story, there's no coming upon moment, just a simple offering of my tongue and faith. In his story, there is a coming upon moment, but there's also an offering of faith in that once the Lord sort of jump-starts the process, He chooses to continue to yield his tongue and to pray that way in faith. Which highlights an important principle about our divine human cooperation in the use of and growth of our spiritual gifts. God doesn't take us over. 
Remember what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14.32, the spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. God doesn't commandeer us and do things against through us against our will. God looks for and uses people that are ready to partner with him in faith. So I want to I just want to spend a little more time on this. Let's switch gifts for a minute and think about this through the lens of generosity. I would like you to put up a hand if you've ever given a financial gift to another person. Okay, keep them hands up. Now I'd like you to put your hand down if God has ever put his hand in your pocket, pulled out your billfold and given away your money. Nick we got to hear this story. <laughs> okay, you can put your hands down. Have you ever gone to your checkbook register and found God's writing in it? No? You see, God's role is to move the heart and the mind. The scriptures speak often of God moving the heart of this king or that prophet or stirring up someone. So God stirs up our compassion for a person or for a ministry or for a need and we cooperate with him by writing the check. Obedience to Jesus is the sweet spot for receiving and growing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We become generous. And in fact, we may receive the spiritual gift of generosity through the very act of faith-filled cooperation with God who's moving on our hearts. And in God's economy, the whole process may actually have begun with us praying for generosity and for an opportunity to bless, which he may also have prompted Huh? So it is with all the gifts. God moves on our hearts, giving desire for them and desire to use them. We ask for them. We eagerly desire, as Paul exhorts, and then God gives opportunities to step out in faith. Opportunities that lead to generosity. Opportunities that lead to praying in tongues. And so I want to ask, particularly as desire is being stirred in you for this gift, have you ever considered that your desire for the gift of tongues might actually come from God himself? God put that desire in my heart well over a year before he gave the gift, and I was praying for it, though I wasn't asking, expecting him to give it the way he did. And he put that desire in the heart of a young pastor who prayed for it and wasn't expecting him to give it the way he did. But he says, if you then, though you're inclined toward evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more won't your Father in heaven give of the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So God gives us holy desires, and then God promises, as was prayed earlier, to satisfy the desires of our heart because he loves us and he wants to not only bless us and build us up, but he wants us to be able to bless and build others up. You know, it's uh, pretty difficult to minister joy and peace to somebody else if you're stuck under a blanket of depression and anxiety. 
the Holy Spirit wants to minister to us so he can minister through us. Again, this is why Jude says, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. The gift of tongues strengthens us in Jesus so we can strengthen others. Okay, so what we've heard so far that's essential to receiving this gift, all gifts, including the gift of tongues, is hunger, asking God directly, persistently, and with faith, and obedience to Jesus that puts us in the place of needing his gifts. But there's one more, and we'll, we'll conclude here, there's one more element that Scripture demonstrates is often very important in receiving gifts. Paul says to Timothy, Do not neglect your gift which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. For this reason I remind you to fan into flames the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Therefore, let's leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instructions about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. This should make you go, huh? So important is the laying on of hands that it gets included in the very basics of the Christian faith, sandwiched between repentance and faith and resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment? Why is this? Because in the kingdom of God, we give what we've received. Repentance and faith, we receive them, we preach them. Gifts, we receive, we give them. We impart them. Freely you've received, says Jesus. Freely give. And in God's economy, that transmission, that imparting from one to another, takes place in the context of prayer, invoking God and laying on hands. Which is why Paul also counsels, don't be too hasty with the laying on of hands. Don't share in the sin of others. In other words, if people are asking you for something but they're persisting in sin, don't go ahead and start asking God to impart certain things that they're going to use in an impure, corrupt way because their heart isn't changed. right? Because something really happens in the, imp- the laying on. You share in one another. So, Today, we simply want to notice that one of God's chosen vehicles for giving gifts is laying on of hands, and often by people who've already got that gift. Now, God tells us that he gives or he distributes these gifts according to his will, but he also tells us eagerly desire gifts, which means this. We actually get a role in shaping which gifts he gives us. There's a generosity in God, particularly as he sees our heart's desire to obey him and to use the gift. So for us today, if we desire to receive the gift of tongues, a very simple way to do that would be to approach the prayer team and tell them, I'd like to receive the gift of tongues. Would you please lay your hands on me and pray for me? But if you ask for tongues, Look for God to work in any number of different ways because he may, as you've heard, he may give the gift in the moment, he may give it later, like with the pastor we prayed for. You may find that you have a language come. You may just find you have your tongue fluttering with syllables or words you haven't spoken before. 
So Pastor Jalisa has given me permission to tell you this. She was praying for the gift for a while and uh, was on a seminary trip to Israel on a tour in Jerusalem walking through a tunnel that goes underneath the Temple Mount. And as she was walking in the darkness, all of a sudden she noticed her tongue began to flutter and she knew it wasn't her. And the moment she noticed it, the guide stopped the group and said, Right now, you are directly under the Holy of Holies. And this, and the Spirit came on her. But, she didn't have a language in that moment. It wasn't a whole set of syllables. It was just the fluttering of the tongue. And she, in the years since, has been growing in expressing the gift, offering the tongue to the Lord in various ways of personal prayer, but also ministry settings. Okay, What I'm wanting you to hear is God has no one-size-fits-all approach, just principles for asking and receiving. And um, so I'd like to end here with the invitation that if you desire to receive the gift, if God's stirring in your heart, come for prayer after this next song. Come with courage. Come without shame. But I'd also like you to hear clearly again that there's absolutely no pressure for this gift and that it isn't a badge of superior Christianity. It's an incredible help from God when we don't know how to pray. Which is why Pastor Gina and I exhort all of us to follow God's command, follow the way of love, and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that in your love for us, you never leave us alone. You are always with us. You indwell us. You comfort us. You minister to us. You speak to us through your word. But you've also given us this particular gift that we've heard about today as a means of of that comfort, that help, that strengthening, and of ministering through us. And Lord, we bless you for all of your good gifts, and especially for this one. And we open our hearts to receive from you. And pray, Lord, that you would, we pray you'd nurture this gift to maturity in us and in our church in a way that brings you great glory and strengthens the church. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.